0: Welcome in. It is a Tuesday night on News Radio 600 Kogo. This is Darren and Jack, one hour radio program. You can listen to us weeknights here on AM 600. You can listen to us anytime via the iHeartRadio app. Good evening, everybody. Thank you for making us part of your Tuesday night here on this fifth day of October 2021. He is Jack Cronin. I am Darren Smith. We make up the Darren and Jack Radio Show. Jack Cronin, good to speak with you as always.
1: As always, buddy. Yeah, great to be with you. Uh, as we enter October here, just you know, it's a nice part, it's a nice way to end our day uh, discussing with you kind of uh, things that we have uh, covered throughout the day. And you know, not, a lot of it's not great sometimes, like an oil spill off the coast or you know just things like it's just it's nice to kind of decompress that way at the end of a news day
0: okay well there you go uh we can even recap what it was the events of last night since you and i were locked up in studios not getting the full light show that other people were getting in san diego county i don't know that you had a chance there's a great photographer who works for the san diego union tribune we've done some shows on photographers who have taken amazing, iconic pictures around San Diego County. The current photographer of record, at least as far as I know, Jack, is a fellow named Casey Alfred of the Union Tribune. He does a lot of outstanding sports photography. He took some absolutely stunning shots of the lightning last night around San Diego County. I want to say he was up there somewhere by Mount Soledad, but had a view of downtown San Diego, the Coronado Bridge, even on a night where there was cloud coverage, where there was rain, deep into the time past I had gone to sleep, I hope you had a chance to see some of these images that Casey Alford of the Union Tribune posted on social media and that also ended up on the newspaper's website today or I'm guessing also in print because it doesn't happen around here very often. And to be able to capture that stuff as well as Casey Alford did, man, tip of the cap, sir, to him.
1: Yeah, and he posts, I'll, I'll put it out on Twitter as well here, I'll post it. It's just, some of his stuff is incredible. Um, and it's, he, you know, he was the one we talked about at the beginning of the pandemic who took all those photos of empty beaches and, and, and Balboa Park and downtown San Diego when there were the stay-at-home orders. And to capture last night so well, it was a very interesting night because we had thunderstorms and we had amazing lightning shows, but we didn't really have that much downpour. Like it wasn't a lot of rain involved. Still got a good half inch of rain in lots of uh, parts of the county, but it wasn't like we had two or three inches where you had to kind of hide inside and you couldn't see a lot of the thunder and lightning. You could see this impact uh, the entire county. It was a uh, it was almost one of those dry lightning storms but it did have a little bit of rain that went with it it was it was beautiful i'm glad we didn't have uh, people get hurt or things like that no major damage because it was really beautiful to watch he
0: had one of these images from up there by mount soledad it was headed south so he was aiming his lens south and I We know Casey, so I was able to touch base with Casey a little bit earlier today. He said he was in the ocean, he was doing a little bit of paddle boarding, and he saw that all hell was about to break loose, so he drove his car up uh, top of Mount Soledad there where he can get a great vantage point, looking straight south into downtown San Diego. Again, for the, for the profession, this is a the photographer, these guys sometimes, they do put themselves out there a little bit so that they can get these great images that they can share with everybody. And aimed the camera south. Not as a camera he wanted me to know. Like <laughs> like I would know the difference anyway. I was just so visually stimulated by his photography. And he, he had a shot of a lightning bolt hitting somewhere just by the Coronado Bridge on the San Diego side of the bridge. Another lightning bolt that seemed to be hitting somewhere off on the Silver Strand. And then in the foreground of the picture, there was a palm tree on fire that had been struck by lightning somewhere by SeaWorld. And all of this was in the same image, the exact same shot. Like the odds of being able to capture that photo, just, I I don't know what they are. I know that there were a lot of amateur photographers out there last night. I saw a lot of people posting pictures on social media. But that one in particular, Jack, that I think you and I have both seen one bolt hitting south of downtown, right around the Coronado Bridge. Maybe it's National City, not quite sure. Another over there by the Silver Strand, and then a palm tree on fire after it had been struck by lightning was just one. I think you submit that. That's got to be an oh, yeah. award-winning ph- photograph. However it is that they determine that stuff, I have no idea. But I'm nominating Casey Alford of the Union Tribune
1: to win an award for photography. Well said. Yeah. I mean, first of all, there, there is a little bit of, uh, it's a lot of preparation, planning, um, and, uh, and guts that goes into that. Right. Like You have to be able to be like, wait a second, I'm probably not on the clock right now um so i'm I'm doing whatever i'm doing uh it's nighttime not on the clock i'm not at work uh i'm not on assignment or anything like that you gotta have the wherewithal to be like okay i know where i'm going the local knowledge the preparation have the equipment with you and be able to know where you are going to be to post up to get a shot like that to have an opportunity at a shot like that that's the skill that goes into it obviously the you know the ability to take that photo too so yeah, it captured, uh, I think, something that's for all of us in drought stricken California uh, who, you know, so desperately want rain and thunder and all these things all the time, and also have to be a novelty, uh, a curiosity uh, added to last night's uh, spectacular display. What does
0: Cliff Albert always say about news? You know, the news, you're never, you're never off the clock when you're that's in right. the news
1: business. That's right. Is that that's what Cliff right. says? I that's don't want right. to make sure I quote him accurately. That's right. Whenever I go on vacation, Cliff always says, yeah, give us a call if you see something. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And last night was one of those nights. I was like, "Should I call into the Kogo Newsroom?" When I got home, I was like, yeah. "There's car alarms going off on my street because Man. the thunder was so loud. Maybe I should call into Koga. I was like, "Yeah, they probably got that covered. That's probably happening all across the county."
1: Man, what a display! Like, like I say, very lucky that nothing happened. No fires were started. Uh, nobody got hit or anything like that. So it's we can now celebrate. What it was is natural wonder that we got to witness. And by the way, we need a half inch of rain, which is awesome, too. But we got to witness uh, and kind of feel the power of Mother Nature, which was spectacular. And it was also forecast.
0: It's not like this just popped up out of no place and everybody went, where the hell did this come from? Like, they were talking about that, at least at the time that I had woken up Monday. And I think as early as Sunday night, it was predicted that there was going to be thunderstorms in the vicinity. And not, not rain, to your point, what a downtown san diego get like 0.6 tenths of an inch somewhere in that range so you know not a ton i mean there were no flooding we don't see those normal shots especially around the beach communities right out there over on uh pacific beach over by the ocean where you see people canoeing around you know people in there (laughs) in a canoe with a dog you know you don't see any of those shots people not not you know filling up a bunch of sandbags just like there would be some some thunder and that's exactly what it was. So uh, I guess the weather reports they were they were accurate. And you know, being a meteorologist in this town is you got to get it right when it happens. And to their credit, you know, they got it right because most of the time you could just put it on tape and be like, oh yeah, it's going to be in the low seventies, a little bit of sunshine, maybe a little bit of cloud coverage. But for the most, they they got that one right there, at least as of Sunday night. So good on them. All right, we're done with the weather. Hey, the weather is
1: always big news, my friend. Always, people love weather. I do. I
0: I gotta get a kick out of it as well. I know. I wish I had. I was thinking about going up to the roof of my building and seeing if I could capture some of those shots. But then I saw Casey Alfred shots, and I said, "Why bother?" We also had a (laughs) Powerball winner, Jack. Do I have the right? Powerball, seven hundred million dollars. A Californian is a lot richer today. Uh, Big Powerball winner from the state of California. Was it you, Jack? Uh, Would you be here today if it were you?
1: I don't know if I. Uh, I would still be here today because I'd be keeping up the ruse that I didn't win. Because I would never <laughs> tell you if I won seven hundred million. I would never tell anybody. Wouldn't tell a single person. I show up for work and then I keep working for a couple of months and then I, you know, I pretend like I was quitting and taking another job, even though I was never going to work again. <laughs> so I would. I make it seem like oh, it's been great working with you guys, and uh, you know, I'm just going to do something else with my life, and then you'll never hear from me again. No social media. No, I changed my phone number, changed the email, like you'll never hear from me again. Um, so yeah, I'd be here today pretending that I didn't win, knowing full well that I was taking home $700 million or after taxes, probably somewhere around $350 million, uh, which is not a bad chunk of change. But no, somebody up in Central California, up in Morro Bay in San Luis Obispo County, who's our big winner, seventh largest jackpot in state in California and U.S. history. A single ticket sold in
0: California had all six numbers accurate here's the question i always have jack because you now have admitted what your blueprint would be that's right if you were the big winner and and you didn't exactly deny that you were you just said (laughs) you would be carrying on as usual and then you pretend that you got another job and we'd never hear from jack cronin again here's and and i will tell you if you actually think about this for for a second it would give you a level of anxiety that i don't know that the human body is capable of processing what would you do if you had this piece of paper that was worth 700 million dollars I don't know what a Powerball ticket looks like. I have no idea. I'm guessing it looks like a ticket or one of those vaccine cards. I'm guessing it's not much bigger than that. I, I don't know. I've never played Powerball before in my life. That's not my ruse, by the way. But what would you do with that ticket? I I would, oh my goodness, I would be so nervous about that. Where would you trust, like, what would you do with it? Where would you keep it? Who would you tell? Because you start telling people, all of a sudden, guess what? They're all showing up at your door. Everybody knows that you got this kind of loot. Everybody knows that you've fallen into this windfall. Like That, to me, like I I would imagine that, that it's probably more paralyzing in the moment than it is euphoric if you are the person who bought this single ticket.
1: I think it's a pretty accurate description. Um, So what's funny is Powerball and Mega Millions are nationwide drawings. So they are, across the country, uh, 45 states and each of them play. And I think they're the same 45 states, but maybe not. So 45 states collectively buy in to Powerball and Mega Millions. Um, But each winner, then, is given that money through the state's lottery system. So in California, you're not required to come forward with your name and the public announcement. But some states do make you do it because it's great promotion for the system, right? It's like, oh, look at this couple. They were just on the verge of retirement and they won $700 million. What a great story. Some states require you in order to get the money to publicly hold a press conference and get out there and accept the big check and the confetti and the balloons and the whole thing. But California is not one of those. So you could hide it here in California. But I think you're right. Like A little piece of paper that's not very strong, it's not a sturdy piece of paper, that all of a sudden becomes worth $700 million.
0: <laughs> right.
1: and, that's it, the, and that's not built to be worth $700 no. million. It's
0: no, not it's not a gold bar. piece of paper.
1: It's, a, it's not a gold bar, a silver bar. Right. It's, a, it's not a coin. It's a, it's a piece of paper. So <laughs> you would freak out if you were the winner and you read the numbers, you saw them online, like if you were able to hold it together long enough to get to the bank and get a safety deposit box, good on you. Because you can't be hiding that thing like under your mattress. <laughs> my tear, my rip, all of a sudden, what do you like, oh man. So, it's a, it's a it, I think you're right. I think it would be a scary feeling. You know, because they do announce which store it was bought at. So the chances are that somebody from that community, somebody within a few blocks chances are is one of the winners of that Powerball ticket. And so now you know if you're in Morro Bay, if you're in a very small place that has a winner, you know that there's a chance you know that person. Right. So it's, it's pretty – got to play it straight. You have a good poker face to try and get out of this with the seventh largest winnings in U.S. history. You know how crazy people would get for $700 oh, million if
0: you were yes. to start telling people or announcing on social media that you had this ticket? And people would be looking up and banging down your door you, you could you'd be banging down near the door of your house. You could not even go to sleep because they would find you and they would go rummaging around in your house. <laughs> I mean, you'd have to keep that private, like, to the point where I, I'm sincerely wondering if I would even tell my wife if I had this ticket. Because I don't know that she couldn't not tell, like, a parent or so. I would... I don't know. I, I like I said, that's that's a lot. Like, how can you understand what it's like to be in possession of seven hundred million dollars? How can you, unless right. you've actually been in possession of seven hundred million dollars? It's impossible, especially for somebody who's out there who's just earning a, a hard-earned salary every single day.
1: Right? People come after you for a million dollars. Let's be honest, right? Right. Like people, so for seven hundred million, that's that's where it becomes scary. So you have a certain amount of time. You know, you have you have to. You know, Really, if you have the, the wherewithal, if you're not so crazy screwed up from the fact that you just won $700 million, if you have the wherewithal to get a safety deposit box, to make sure the bank doesn't know you're one putting that one in there, so <laughs> nobody knows. You're going to trust fake, them oh, either. Yeah, I'm going to put this watch in there. Don't worry about it. It's nothing big. I'm and then it's also a $700 million ticket. So you're putting that in the bank. You're calling a financial advisor and making sure they have some sort of confidentiality agreement or something like that to do all of this before you even walk into the lottery office and then you got to fend these guys off <laughs> from revealing your identity they are not allowed to but they are going to try in fact i've talked to folks in the lottery in the past where they're like it's their job to try and convince the people who win to go public because the more you go public the more tickets you sell the better off the schools are for the money like the whole system works but if you hide as you should it, it doesn't really help everybody out, you know, so you've got to try and fend those guys off and make sure you're telling the right folks and not telling your uncle or your cousin or your, you know, c- brother-in-law twice removed. Like, you got to keep that locked down if you're winning $700 million.
0: Yeah, I don't, uh, the first phone call you make would not be to a family member.
1: No. Nope. Absolutely nope. not. So I mean, I'd be
0: looking for a lawyer. Yeah, uh, that's a, a lawyer, yep. I'd be looking for safety deposit boxes, and even then, I'm like, gosh, then i got to drive a car. <laughs> I was going to get into a car wreck on the what? way there. Like See? I'd be nervous about that, that somehow the piece of paper would go flying through the vehicle.
1: Oh, man. Crazy. <laughs> more money, well, more problems, as they say. That's right. That's right. Change your life. Change your life. I mean, look, $10,000 would change a lot of people's lives, let alone $700 million. That's crazy.
0: $292.2 million, the one. That's, those are yeah. the odds that one person would get all of these numbers correct. Wow! And by the way, point.
1: they always tell you to take the lump sum, too. Like That's a big debate, right? Like, because you're not guaranteed to, to live to collect the annual payments, even though they're higher. So you take the lump sum, you invest it yourself, right? Right.
0: I feel like I could do a better job investing yeah. money than whomever it is that would invest on my behalf. Is that yeah, the way take, that
1: works? Yeah. So I think you take the lump sum. Got to do it. That's, right. Which means you're carrying around a lot of that ticket's worth even more right there in your hand. It's crazy. Again, it's just a crazy,
0: crazy thing to think about. Oh, man, I'd love to win the Powerball. Would you? You know, it sounds pretty stressful. Yeah. I guess the good will outweigh the bad. But to your point, Jack, I think you better have a strategy. Anybody playing these Powerballs, come up with a strategy. Mm -hmm. Don't just go on Instagram Live and announce to the world that you got it. You'd be surprised how many kooks show up at your front door.
1: Yeah. And by the way, we're only talking about people who win it themselves. There are groups that play these, too. That gets a little dangerous as well. (laughs) Yeah. They got 20 people buying into a consortium.
0: Well, I mean, did you write it down on paper?
1: Yeah. See, uh, who's did, got the
0: ticket? Did
1: somebody not pay that day? Are they grandfathered in?
0: Right. God I, I mean, rules. seriously, like, like, I mean, is this down on paper or what? I like, know. how does that work exactly? I know. I, know. I, I don't. I, I mean, because if I'm the one that has the ticket, I'm gonna like, cut the rest of those losers out. <laughs> That's right. I probably wouldn't do that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right. I don't. I don't. Know. Interesting place to start. The news is heavy today. Yeah. We'll get into it when we return, Darren and John. Listen today. Check out the iHeart Pet of the Week at your Rancho Coastal Humane Society. and can go to kogo.com slash pet. Sponsored by Nick Adamo's Farmers Insurance Agency. Offering a full line of insurance products including pet insurance. Well, Darren and Jack back with you here on a Tuesday night on News Radio 600 Kogo. I also would like to say this about whomever it was that won Powerball. That person can afford gasoline in the state of California. <laughs> the rest of us, though, we're scuffling here a little bit, Jack. Here we go again. I know this becomes a semi-annual or, or however many times per year we end up circling back a conversation about the cost of gasoline. But uh, if you know that person, you might want to say, hey, can you hook me up with a gas card, if nothing else, because we're at that point again. I don't know if it's school, if it's work, or whatever, if we're getting rid of one blend and getting into another blend, but here we go again with gas prices just jacked up
1: they're the second worst of all time and it was almost exactly uh nine years ago where we hit the highest level and we are at the second highest level here as you and i speak tonight which is awful it's terrible up a dollar 15 just here in 2021 over four dollars a gallon consistently that's the other problem is that not only are we at the worst levels uh, save only one other time in California history, but we're also doing it for a long period of time. Twenty twenty one has been a terrible year for prices. They being this high, the demand coming out of the pandemic and the lockdowns is killing the drivers. So you've got four seventy three is the Ugh. record from twenty twelve, October eighth, twenty twelve. We're at four thirty seven and it's predicted to go higher. So four thirty seven right now and you t- you mentioned the winter blend. I don't even know when the winter blend starts. I tried to figure that out today. I couldn't find it. So I don't know when the winter blend starts. It may have already started, and they're still charging you prices. But I thought it started maybe in November. But even that only gets you ten, twelve cents. so it's still I mean you're still well over four dollars and it's done it for a consistent time. Well, I don't know about you, but
0: maybe we should think about a recall campaign. No. Um, <laughs> it's a lot. again, and it's sort of what you deal with when you live here. I just wonder what everybody's individual breaking point is in terms of, you know, what type of vehicle you drive. I am somebody who will openly admit I I'm driving a vehicle that doesn't have great fuel efficiency. And, you know, though I'm I'm not going paycheck to paycheck, it's it's taking a toll, especially as my driving patterns might get a little longer here into the iHeart Studios. But that said, Jack, like, you know, you do wonder when you see these sort of spikes and usually there's an increase and then there's a little bit of a decrease, but even at its lowest that it's decreased levels during the pandemic was one thing, but it's never really low enough that makes you feel quite good about the amount of money that you're spending on gasoline here.
1: No, that's true. Um, you're never really, you know, out of the woods. However, I will say that it was pretty nice there for a while when it got down you know into the into the 2s the upper 2s the low 3s but really the you know it's pretty nice because that changes your life it didn't think about the amount of money over a course of a year because gas impacts the low and middle class because we're the ones who need to get to places to to be those essential workers and all everyday work like that you're you're impacted the most um, and you know you're not you're you're not insulated from gas price spikes so I, it's it's tough, man. It's getting down. Where were we? We were in the we were in the low twos. Remember back in twenty fifteen. Uh-huh. And nobody was driving, but still. Well, but remember, even even in the pandemic, we got down yeah. into the upper twos. But I'm saying we got in the low twos back in twenty fifteen, and it's just been a steady increase since then.
0: Well, more good news on the way. Darren and Jackets <laughs> News Radio six hundred Kogo
1: with just one call.
0: All right, welcome back. Darren and Jack were with you on a Tuesday night. It is News Radio 600 Coco. Thank you for being with us here on the fifth day of October 2021. Jack Cronin and Darren Smith with you here to the top of the hour. Jack touched on it last night, and Jack and I, before we got on the air tonight, Jack said, Yeah, a lot of stories aren't exactly feel good stories here, whether it's gas, the cost of gasoline in the state of California. Certainly something that's not going to make people feel good is what's happening in Orange County, what's happening in Huntington Beach in particular, the oil on the beach there. Now that we're starting to see more and more images of oil washing up on shore. was reading this morning. Uh, you've got a lot of people up and down the coastline, even as far south here as San Diego County, like down to the Mexican border, who are preparing for the possibility that oil from an oil spill that happened apparently on friday night certainly by saturday everybody realized what was happening more details i'm sure still to come on that front there will be lots of lawsuits and lots of investigations into this into our coastline which of course needs to be protected at all cost um but yeah you're you're seeing a A lot of cleanup effort now. You're seeing a lot of boats out in in the ocean. You're seeing a lot of uh, aerial work being done to try to figure out exactly how wide this oil has spread. I think you had the chance a little bit earlier to speak with Mike Levin, who represents part of South Orange County and North San Diego County, but... Seeing some of the reporting on this this morning, Jack, not the actual particulars about what may have led to the oil being leaked into the ocean, which we can get to, but just now the most pressing concern, which is trying to contain this as best as possible before it impacts too much of the California coastline.
1: Right. And so, you know, unfortunately for our friends in Orange County, they're they're getting the brunt of this. And it's pretty much up and down the county itself. Uh, all the way down to Dana Point, which is almost on the San Diego-Orange County line. The the line, in case you don't know, is right there at the power plant, at San Onofre, just above Camp Pendleton. San Onofre is in San Diego County. Anything above it is not. So that's the line where San Diego and Orange County meet. And in talking with Congressman Levin here today, what he's hoping is, and, and from his aerial views and from his briefings, yesterday and today, what they're hoping is that the way that the wind and water and waves are moving is actually out off the San Diego coast. So while it's moving in toward the Orange County coast, they're hoping it doesn't hit the San Diego coast. And that might just be a, a geographic anomaly, a little bit of luck with Mother Nature, that they're hoping it doesn't get to San Diego, but we won't know for a while. Uh, but that is the kind of overall view of where the oil is trending. And you're right. I mean, they there were reports today that the Coast Guard saying it was like a 4,000 foot section of this pipeline was displaced by like 100 feet. Like, that's a huge, it's an 18 mile pipeline, but 4,000 feet being moved by 100 plus feet. Uh, the theory being the anchor, you know, dragging it or whatever it is, whatever it winds up being in the final report, but it, it's still crazy to think about.
0: It is. And, you know, again, details still to come, but we don't understand that there is this pipe that connects right there to the port of Long Beach and a pipe that goes out to one of those oil platforms. What's it called? The
1: Ellie or something along those that's lines? This is this is the name of it. That's not. Okay. It, I that's don't, the name. Yeah, yeah.
0: okay. I did, you the know, you read it. But it, yeah. it, we do understand that this pipe somehow, which was pumping oil from the platform in the ocean to the port of Long Beach, somehow was knocked out. Do we know that it has actually been turned off? Like, like has the leak stopped?
1: I would hope so. Um, I, would I would hope would so think, too. Yeah, I would <laughs> think um, what what they said about the you know when it happened was a lot of times you maybe get some seepage or something. You might see oh there's a little bit of oil there, but it turns out not to be a big deal or whatever. And by the way, if you're listening and going any oil is a big deal, okay, fair enough, fair, fair point. But in this case, it's not going to be 144,000 gallons. Almost every other time, it's nothing. So when they went out to check it finally and get there Saturday and, all, and then all of a sudden alert the authorities and all this thing, it became a big deal. That will certainly be a subject of a lawsuit, I can tell you that. So the lawsuits are already being filed, and rightfully so, but they're also going to try and determine how it broke as well.
0: Right, because a pipe that's underwater presumably by the ocean floor yeah, gets dislodged potentially by an anchor. From a ship, don't know that this ship was or wasn't one of the ships that that have been reportedly off the coast of Long Beach because there's a little bit of a backup there too, right? I happen to have been driving to Orange County over the weekend, actually driving through Orange County up into Los Angeles. And I could tell you, taking the 73 freeway off the 5 connecting to the 405, I'm sure, Jack, you've traveled this route before. Yeah. When you crest up on top of the hill there on the 73 freeway and you look out towards the ocean, you can see a million ships out there. It looks like the Panama Canal, but at any rate, presumably that's that's the uh, that's the theory that people are working with. That a ship anchored, sizable anchor, some sort of of you know, coast or, or oceanic uh, movement pushed the ship, dragged the anchor, knocked the pipe off of where it's supposed to be. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's kind of the the operating theory. We'll right. see if that ends up being confirmed uh, later on. And you're right, there's a bunch of ships just hanging out. They're just
0: sitting out there. You sort of look and yeah. go, what's that all about? I mean, it looks like, you know, like like you're watching the beginning of Saving Private Ryan, you know, where you just see all these ships hanging out yeah. off the coast. Yeah, crazy. Unfortunate. Sad, and too. And yeah. especially to think now that, that you know, oil has been detected in San Diego County. Not that, you know, I, again, like we're all sort of in this thing together. Not to say like, oh, man, oh, we got to protect San Diego County, right, right. you know, even at the expense of Orange County, let's keep it up there. That's not the point just that this is a san diego based radio station and show that were heard loudly and clearly up in orange county and los angeles but for those that are listening primarily for the san diego angle to the news yeah i mean it, it sounds like like mike levin is reporting in the la times and the union tribune are both reporting as well that there has been some detected in north san diego county which is obviously unfortunate for people in in our community
1: yeah and so that's why it's you know everything becomes personal and, and local and the whole thing um, to drive home just how terrible these kind of situations are yep uh,
0: indeed indeed again uh, plenty more reporting again the theory that which seems to be out there is you know just that that a ship's anchor you know and who knows I mean maybe that's a private vehicle a vessel maybe that's uh, yeah. you know a commercial vessel like you know who knows plenty of time for that and and did mike levin say that there's i mean is there I, people always feel compelled to want to do something at a time like this you know my wife grew up in alaska and she always tells stories about when the exxon valdez ran aground up in the can uh where was that exactly uh valdez um when it ran aground like like the community rallied you know and went out there and they were cleaning birds and trying to help wildlife et etc did mike levin have Anything on that front that, that he can offer to constituents or people who are listening that,
1: you know, who are compelled to help or do something? Mostly it's the support right now for the Coast Guard, who is involved in the containment, right? like, well, There will eventually be cleanup efforts, but the containment is the number one thing to try and keep it off the beaches, mostly in Orange County again. Um, now, we talked yesterday about SeaWorld and those kind of services being ready to go if called upon. Uh, and there may eventually be a large-scale wildlife rescue or whatever if it gets to that point. But the number one thing right now is to support the Coast Guard because they're the ones running the containment efforts, and that's the most important thing.
0: Yeah, it's very sad. And, you know, obviously there's going to be a ton of opportunism here. Just like there is any time there's a shooting, you know, people are going to jump right on board there and say, well, this is why we need stricter laws, or this is why we— and everybody, you know, uh, on either side, this has become pretty common practice, and uh, I'm sure that's out in full force as well talking about dependency and oil and crude and all that other sort of stuff and renewable energy. So, you know, that just comes with the territory. We understand, like, it, it, it's just, it's part of the situation and whether it's right or wrong, up to every individual listener or person out there to decide for themselves. But it never, it never ceases to, uh, to, to it never fails, right? That, that situations like this sure. and almost immediately, boom, you know, we're ready to jump right into the conversation and say, this is why we shouldn't be doing this, that, or the other thing and, Certainly, this is a situation uh, that is not uh, going to let that opportunity pass it by. All right. Uh, well, our final segment for the night coming up next Darren and Jack is News Radio 600. All right. Welcome back, Darren and Jack. It is News Radio 600 Kogo. You can keep your radio right here, right here on News Radio 600 Kogo all week. Ted and LaDonna they are giving away four packs of tickets to Disneyland every morning, and they get started at 5 a.m. 5 a.m. tomorrow. If you want a four pack, be listening to Ted and Ladonna right here on News Radio 600 KOGA. When's the last time you went to Disneyland?
1: Oh boy, it was, uh, it was before the pandemic. I'll tell you that. Uh, there was that little uh, transition period where Disneyland was operating at certain capacity. I know friends of mine who went uh you know with a lower crowd that was pretty awesome but uh, no they're back up and running now
0: how much of your decision making is still impacted by the pandemic out of curiosity and and you just remind obviously i was not prepared to talk about going to disneyland but since we are promoting the ted and Ladonna will be giving tickets away and i asked for a very specific reason so earlier today i saw that a local or not local i saw that there is a comedian coming to town in january and tickets were on sale for this comedian show and almost Jack, without hesitation, I went right online and I bought a pair of tickets. And afterwards, I was like, "Huh, what about January? What where are we going to be in January? Like, right, am I going to be right. wearing a mask inside?" I didn't really read through all of the terms of service. <laughs> I didn't really think about it. I didn't really ask anybody if they were curious or or at all concerned. And like, I just I realized like I did not let covid at all impact my decision making and i i wondered from your standpoint since you just sort of said that as, as like the first couple of words to your reply like right. i wonder how much decision making is still for everybody impacted that we're still in a pandemic
1: Now, i none to me I mean, honestly because i'm i'm now okay obviously with the vaccines and the masks and all that business that stuff's going to be around for a while. Um, it's going to be several more months where you're going to be showing vaccine proof and wearing a mask on airplanes and all these things. So once you're comfortable with that, you essentially have the very same lifestyle because you can go to a football game. I mean, the NFL's back full stadiums. The uh, You're back with college football and NFL and concerts and all Like you just mentioned, a, you know, a comedy show. Those are all back. To do things to get in, you might have to have a negative test, although I doubt that. Uh, as far as we get to January, you've got to show your vaccine, okay. Wear a mask, all right. If you're okay with those things, there are no other considerations. To me, there aren't. It, you know, there's no, you know, if you're going out in a crowd and it's got 10,000 people, well, that's the way it is right now. Uh, you have to take the precaution out of time. But, no, I have no impact in making those kind of decisions.
0: Right, and, you know, that's the interesting thing to me is, you know, then, and, you know, I've mentioned to to friends that, okay, uh, I went ahead and I bought these tickets. And it was a total impulse buy. Total impulse <laughs> I, I did not wake up today going, oh, man, I can't wait till 10 o'clock in the pre-sale. I saw it and I was like, oh, yeah, I'd like to go to that. It's at the Balboa Theater. So I went ahead and I purchased the tickets. And then I mentioned it to yeah. a couple of the friends. They're like, oh, well, we would like to go as well. And even though it's indoor, we'll wear masks. And I was like, oh, I hadn't thought about that. Like, would I still want to go to this right. comedy show? knowing that for an hour or two, that I expect to be laughing a lot, funny comedian, hopefully, otherwise they've chosen the wrong line of work, but to wear a mask indoors while laughing at a bunch of jokes for a couple of hours, I sort of hadn't hadn't considered that. Again, and it's probably not going to impact my decision-making at all, other than it will be a completely different experience if mask wearing is required in January of 2022. Then again, Maybe we'll be in a full a state that is, you know, a state of California, a city, a county, etc., that requires you to be fully vaccinated if you're going to be operating in indoor activities like that.
1: Yeah, I mean, so it's it's all depends on where you are. Um, you know, for example, Hawaii still has all of these rules in place. Right. Uh, we still have a border that's closed between San Diego and Tijuana. You can't walk across the border just for fun, um, because or you're not supposed to at least. Uh, because there are still restrictions there. Hawaii still has you have to test negative, show your vaccine. Uh, they still got curfews and all this business. And we in San Diego have some rules on the border too. Like there's, it just depends on where you are as to what level of control you're going to be under.
0: Right, and and no real way to predict where we're going to be in January no, either. No. Yeah, I was talking to Scott no. Lewis from Voice of San Diego. He joins me weekly over on Extra thirteen sixty. And I, you know, I said something about how he's feeling heading into the fall and into the winter. Because we remember a year ago there was there was lots right. of cautionary language being used about being indoors as the weather changed around the country, schools returning, et cetera, fall and winter. He said, How are you feeling about it? He's like, I feel great. Feel great. You know, we've had a quick yeah. spike yeah. here and we quickly tamped it down. So he felt pretty good about where we're at, especially with vaccines with some of the vaccines now being available for different age groups, booster shots, et cetera. So he felt pretty good, and I think you and I probably feel the same way. Like I said, I I so instinctively just reverted to pre-pandemic and just went ahead and impulsively went and did something like that, and then I never really considered that. I don't know what January is going to look like, and nobody knows what January is going to look like or what the rules are going to be. And whatever the rules are, you sort of have to say here, the first week of october that i'm willing to abide by whatever it is in january if i'm going to try to plan something that far out
1: right and i think it's great that you did that i think that's telling that you didn't think that way and therefore you went ahead which is good for Uh the comedian uh good for the venue good for the restaurants around the venue good for you like it just it it shows when we talked about cruises yesterday it just shows where we're at in the return process.
0: I think also, you know, you and I talked often about sports. You know, you're around college sports all yeah, the time. The University right. of San Diego's got a basketball season upcoming. San Diego State University yeah. has a basketball season upcoming. I would imagine that they're right now, as the seasons are, are set, and right right around the corner, I would think that there's probably a lot of people who work for those two universities and, and you know, other universities, obviously, just to, to focus on those two who are probably picking up phones and who are calling people and trying to sell them on season tickets. You know I mean? That's what people get yeah. paid to do is like say, hey, we right. want you to show up and we want you to come and, and attend our basketball games. I would think that that activity is probably ongoing and they're probably selling a bunch of tickets. But I, I wonder what that phone call is like. I wonder what that conversation is like with prospective buyers and people who want to purchase tickets, etc. Yeah.
1: I think it's, first and foremost, it's the same conversation. It always is. And then secondarily or tertiary, you get, you know, uh, oh, and by the way, you wear a mask. Okay. Oh, we're going to do this. We're going to check something at the door. But I don't think it's too much different. I really don't. And then as far as you know, if you want
0: to go attend local basketball games upcoming this college basketball season, the requirements are today, any indoor activity with more than a thousand people, you have to wear a mask. Is that right?
1: That is right. And there might be, boy, there, there might still be some indoor either vaccine or proof of negative test requirements in California. Uh, so that is something to certainly keep in mind. But you can always get around. I mean, it's not, we don't have full vaccine mandates for this stuff. So it is something you can get In San Diego, Around we And by the way, right. And by the way, we got 88, 89% of the county is vaccinated. So, it's it's a pretty small group of people who are, if that is the case, are going to be impacted by some sort of rule. By the way, we only have 60 seconds here, Jack, but maybe you've
0: heard in the NBA, the National Basketball Association, they're starting to pick up their preseason games. New York City has a, a vaccine mandate for employees who work inside. And so does the Bay Area where the Golden State Warriors play. And they have players who are non-vaccinated who, like, stand to be losing paychecks if they don't get vaccinated by the time the season starts. No exceptions for basketball players.
1: Right. And and those are city rules. Uh, San Francisco has had that rule in place the entire pandemic. Um, So from what I have seen and read, a lot of those players are now getting vaccinated because they don't want to either cost their team games or not get paid. Because they wouldn't get paid for missing the games in New York and San Francisco. Amazing. So if they don't want to get, you know, if you want to miss it on a paycheck, then you got to get vaccinated.
0: Right, and uh, player Andrew Wiggins in San Francisco with the Warriors, he's decided to go ahead and get vaccinated. There's still a player with the Brooklyn yeah. Nets who has decided he's he's not going to get vaccinated, and stands to us a bunch of money and not be available when his team is playing at home. We'll see. That's a lot of money to sacrifice for a stance that you're taking to not be vaccinated. But it appears like that's the stance he's taking today. All right, for Jack, I'm Darren. We'll see you tomorrow.